and welcome back to the rundown presents the greatest NFL team ever tournament 64 teams all Super Bowl winners including some at-large teams that did not win the big game uh but were worthy of consideration I am your host Desmond Johnson got two uh established vets on for uh this round we're in the Pittsburgh Steelers round here first round action uh the rundown sponsored by Blue Naples Pizza in Kernersville as well as Body Patterns Fitness and Wellness in Kernersville uh introducing here first he is the host of Snowman in the Morning, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. You can catch that at snowmaninthemorning.com. Brian Snow rejoining us here on the rundown. And then uh, over here on the other side, he is a, a huge host of Worldwide Sports Network. Uh, he hosts Below the Mic and Down to the Wire. Earl Marks joining us for the first time on the rundown. We got a newbie here. So what's going on, Earl? What's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, guys? How are we? Brian Snowman. Yeah, man. I didn't realize you guys knew each other before I grouped y'all together. In this. So this is going to be a lot of fun because uh, I was telling Brian earlier, I didn't realize when I put, made these seatings, this bracket it might be the most loaded bracket <laughs> <laughs> out of all the brackets. And it's going to start off with a bang. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go through the rules real quick of how this works um, so we can kind of get through it. Uh, there's going to be eight games here. We're going to go through the entire first round. Um, the way this works uh, each of you will get a minute and 30 seconds to debate your side of which one of these teams would win this hypothetical debate. If both of you choose the same team, that team moves on and I don't get a vote. If Brian picks one team and Earl picks the other team, I'll be the tiebreaker vote to decide who moves forward into the second round. Uh, the one main thing to consider oh, also in this, the higher the, the teams that are playing against each other, they are playing underneath the rules of the higher seed. So if it's a team from the 1960s taking on somebody from the 90s, then it's and the 60s team is the higher seed on defense. They can basically molest you on the field and get away with it. There's no uh, there's no penalty for that. So take that into consideration because we've learned right. in previous rounds that that actually can help some of these teams in the 90s and 2000s playing underneath uh, <laughs> the, rules of the 60s and 70s where they can go out and clothesline people right. and do whatever. So keep that in mind. We're going to go ahead and get this thing going and i was looking at this bracket and realized oh my gosh this is going to start off with a bang um the first round matchup here the eight seed going up against the nine seed the 1995 dallas cowboys taking on the 2001 st louis rams um like the st louis rams oh my gosh uh they they did not win the super bowl which is why they're a nine seed uh they lost in an upset to the new england patriots in the beginning of their uh their dynasty Meanwhile, the 95 Dallas Cowboys, uh, Jimmy Johnson was gone. Barry Switzer in his second year. They just signed Deion Sanders to a big deal. All the remnants of the first two Cowboys Super Bowls of the 90s still there. Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, uh, Emmitt Smith. Uh, you throw Deion into that, that, that fire, which is basically a big jug of gasoline, and you get the 95 Dallas Cowboys. So I am extremely yeah. curious to find out how this is going to go. Um, one of you guys want to volunteer to go first, or you want me just yeah, to select no. one? or? Go ahead, Snow. Well, Brian, all right, so, all right, so, Brian, you got a minute and 30 seconds. You're on the clock. Who's your between the 90 Cowboys and the 2001 St. Louis Rams? Oops, I lost them. How is this fair? All right. How is this, how is this <laughs> absolutely fair? Okay, because with the Cowboys and – I must confess, I hated the Cowboys in the 90s, but I absolutely love Roy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, and, and uh, Jay Novacek, the tight end. 
St. Louis didn't use a tight end. They used Marshall Falk. They used Speed. They used Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce, as Chris Berman would say. <laughs> it, it, this is a tough, tough call. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go with the '95 Cowboys because for wow. some reason, and John Madden said it. And I gotta go with the '95 Cowboys for this reason. A John Madden statement when the NFL was still on CBS, I think the Cowboys would have turned the moose loose, and he would have been the difference. I'm going with the Cowboys. On the, on the Rams? Now, I, I, I didn't go look up their statistics uh, for this one because I'm pretty familiar with both squads. I, I love the uh, greatest show on turf, yeah. and I, I was a Cowboys fan before I got the Panthers. Matter of fact, this was the la- 95 was the last year I rooted for the Cowboys uh, with the Panthers showing up the very next right. year, and I didn't look back, basically left them and, and went on to the hometown team that I finally had. Um, mm. All right, so that's a vote for the – you said for the Cowboys? 95 Cowboys. Okay, so, Arrow, you got a minute and 30 seconds, man. Was your selection that see the 95 Dallas Cowboys or the 2001 St. Louis Rams? I'm going to make it fun. I could go with either or, so I'm going to go with the Rams. Mm. Uh, Why why are you picking the St. Louis Rams? (laughs) Well, I believe they were screwed. I I believe they were screwed by the Patriots. Obviously, uh, uh, Spygate, that was the year of Spygate. And I believe that's not the first time. I got to say, I got to break it. That's not the first time Spygate's come up in this tournament. Uh, a lot of, uh, we had a, one before where Aaron Gabriel was like, you know, are we in the, the Patriots era? Because if we are, they can use cameras and all. So keep that in mind because the Patriots pop up mm-hmm. a lot in this. So that's a good point. I'm going to go with the Rams and I'm going to tell you why. You have Hall of Famers all over the board. You talk about Orlando Pace, one of the yeah. best offensive linemen of all time. You talk about Kurt Warner, who I think is one of the most underrated quarterbacks to ever play the game. I don't want to talk about Kurt Warner from the Arizona Cardinals days. I'm talking about the the, the Ram days. I, I I thought Kurt Warner and the story of Kurt Warner, remember he that was the year he took over for Trent Green. So Trent right. Green got hurt and then Kurt Warner took over and just went, you know, he, his career just took off. And also you have Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, who's one of the most electrifying running backs of all time, the the speed, the power, everything he did in the backfield, unbelievable. And then you talk about Isaac Bruce, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, wide receiver, talented, yes, reception, yep. look at what he did as a player, uh, and and obviously the great Torrey Holt, explosive. Every single thing that he did was sensational. And 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 I, I love what the Rams did that year. If you look at their – that year they were 14-2. and two. And, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. not 14 and 2. They weren't 14 and 2. Yeah, yeah, they were 14 and 2. Oh, they were 14, they were 14, 14 and 2. I'm sorry. They were 14 and 2. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, they were 14. They have a Hall of Fame coach. This is a team that was really all around, defensively, offensively. They were stacked. If you look at teams, and you talk about the Dallas Cowboys, they have about four or five Hall of Famers. You're talking about St. Louis. They had six or seven Hall of Famers on this team. They dominated, absolutely True. dominated from 2001 all the way to 2004. They were explosive. They did every single thing right, defensively and offensively. And how about their mm-hmm. special teams? In two years, 2001 and 2002, yeah. they were ranked in amongst the league's top five. So they were explosive, mm. electrifying, and that's why they were the greatest show on turf. That, that, those are excellent points. Um, I am torn here. Um because I, as I said, I was a huge Cowboy fan. I <laughs> love Deion Sanders. 
Uh, they had Dion playing both ways a little bit. I had him out there at wide receiver. Um, yep. The 95 Cowboys, the, my fondest memory of them are the Dion Jerry Jones Nike commercials where like Dion's like doing all this stuff and Jerry's like in uh, in the in the front offices, like counting money or whatever. He's like, yeah, come on, Dion, come on in here. We're going to sign mm-hmm. you, make you a Cowboy. Um, yeah. But those 01 Rams, man, I was a huge Rams fan. The 01 Rams are better than the 99 Rams that actually won the Super Bowl over the Titans. Um, they just mm-hmm. ran across Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And Belichick, as we've seen so far throughout this tournament, he is sprinkled all over the the the, the brackets in terms of defensive influence, influence and what he's done. Uh, whether it was the 90 mm-hmm. Giants that we had in the previous bracket uh, against those Bills or this situation where the Patriots had no business winning this game whatsoever. Uh, Marshall Falk was None. an MVP in 2000 league. Uh, I mean, you could not stop him. His nickname was Superman. Uh, I want to say 01 is the year he had that run. I think it was against the Browns where like 11 yep. dudes had a chance to grab him and no one blocked. Yes. And he just literally is juking and moving around like in the same spot and then just takes off untouched uh, for like 40, 50 yards for a mm-hmm. touchdown. Uh, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, like you said. The magic of Adam Archuleta on the St. Louis Rams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. But you know what? The Cowboys actually won the Super Bowl, and the Rams did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the previous bracket, we've used that as a way to kind of differentiate between the two. Uh, crap. <laughs> I'm going, you know what? I'm bucking against that. I'm going with, I'm going with the 0 1 Rams. It just feels right. Cause, like, it just, I don't know. If, if yeah. they played against each other, the Rams defense in 01, I think would have been enough to contain the Cowboys. Because really, the 95 Cowboys, they really only had Michael Irvin outside. Mm-hmm. That's why Dion was playing both yeah. ways a little bit. Because uh, they had already lost That's Alvin right, Harper. Alvin Harper was gone by that. Alvin Harper was gone. Yeah, he thought he was going to be a one was there. That's where he went. Um, but he wanted to be a one rec- a number one receiver, so he left, left a hole on the other side, and teams started doubling uh, Michael Irvin a lot. So they started putting Dion on the other side just to stretch the field a little bit. Uh, if it wasn't for if you could stop Emmett on this '95 Cowboys team, then you had a good shot to win. With the Rams, though, how are you going to stop Marshall Falk? Basically, it wasn't a matter of can you and stop him. It was like that, how are you going to do and, to stop him? And on that, I'm oh, going. Who could you stop on that? Oh, one rent. And for that man, point DJ. Who would they stop on that 0-1 team? Yeah, who are you going to pick? Like, what are you going to – like, the Patriots beat them by being able to jam levers at the line and disrupt the routes, which is the same route Tampa Bay did uh, in 99 against the Rams, trying to beat them in the NFC Championship game. They just were physical with up front and just disrupted the, the routes of the wide receivers because, like you said, with Kurt Warner and those guys, it was all precision, like timing, just like – hitting guys in stride, and if you could just get them a little bit off by bumping them a bit, it threw a lot of it off, and those receivers weren't used to being, you know, punished. I don't know if Dallas had yeah. the ability to do that. Granted, Dion covered one side, so yeah, Torrey Holt or Isaac Bruce is going to be out of this game, basically, because Dion's going to be covering them, but the other side, they're probably going to get on, and who's going to get Marshall coming out of the backfield? So, I mean, I'm going with the Rams. That, that hurt, though. Hey, that man. really... And that Sold. Rams, and that Rams team would have been, that Rams team would have put up at least five hundred yards in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, with that, they, I love the teams where it felt like no matter when they're coming out onto the field, it felt like they could score a touchdown. And the 01 Rams are at the mm-hmm. top of my list of they felt like they could do that. How about, how about their offensive line, which was the best offensive line in football for like three years, and have one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hall of Fame tackle in Orlando Pace. So yes. um, one of the most underrated offensive tackles of all time. So Indeed. we got the 2001 Rams and a little bit of an upset. They were nine beating the eight, taking out the uh, 95 Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys, don't worry. You have a one seed 92 Cowboys over in a whole other bracket, plus the 93 Cowboys are floating around in here somewhere. So uh, don't worry about them. They'll be just fine. Uh, the next matchup is uh, a seven versus 10. I think this is a pretty interesting one as well. Uh, the seven seed here is the uh, 2013 Denver Broncos taking on the 1969 Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the 2013 Denver Broncos, led by Peyton Manning, uh, they actually lost the Super Bowl to the Legion of Boom, the Seattle Supersonics, taking on the 1969 Kansas City Chiefs, who had, what, like five, six guys on defense in the Hall of Fame, uh, winners of Super Bowl IV. Uh, the reason why this is an interesting yep. draw is because the Denver Broncos are the higher seed. So they are not playing underneath the rules of 1969. They are playing under the rules of 2013, which may hamper uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and that Hall of Fame defense. So this is a pretty good matchup, too. Uh, I'm going to start off with Arrow. Uh, Arrow, who got between the 7C 2013 Denver Broncos and the 1969 Kansas City Chiefs? It's, it's really, really interesting because the Denver Broncos didn't win the Super Bowl. That year, 2013. Oh, right. So, and they lost against the Matter Seattle. Matter of fact, they got around. Yeah, they, they, yeah. And I, I know when you look at Kansas City, I'm, I'm looking at their squad right now. They have a couple of good players, Hall of Famers, and uh, there were a very explosive team, very good defensively that year in 1969. But I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos, who I believe were the best team far and out. Best offensive team, probably the second best offensive team of all time from the 2007 uh, uh, New England Patriots, which were very explosive mm. for Randy Moss and what they did on the field. Randy Moss, I mean, Tom Brady had statistics galore that year uh, with um, the great Randy Moss. But I'm going to go with Peyton Manning and this team. They were so explosive offensively. If you look at um, guys like Peyton Manning, who was one of – one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, explosive. Uh, he could throw the ball in every way. And their defense, too. Von Miller, uh, Malik Jackson, um, uh, Wesley Woodyard. I mean, this team was great. Eric Decker was their uh, wide receiver on that team. They were explosive in so many ways offensively. They can run the ball. They have a, had a great running game. Uh, defensively, they also had Wes Welker on the team, if you guys don't forget. Wes Welker came from the New England Patriots. He had a great season. He wasn't New England-esque when he went to the Denver Broncos, but he was very explosive. And they had a very good running game. They had a multiple uh, multiple dual running back core that can run the ball down your throat. They ran the ball down their throat. And they had one of the most underrated offensive lines that year. The defensive line with Wolf, Von Miller, and uh, what's his name again? Um, uh, who came from the Cowboys. Um, uh Oh, uh, DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus, DeMarcus, DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. Uh, Hall of Famers. They probably had on that team not yeah. long, probably about seven or eight Hall of Famers. And they were just so explosive offensively. Nobody could stop them. Defensively, offensively, nobody could stop them until the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 48, when the Giant, uh, in Giant Stadium or whatever you meant, live stadium, where it was. It was supposed to snow, and everybody was saying, oh, it's going to snow. It's going to be one of those Super Bowls that we're never going to forget. It didn't snow. It snowed the day after, and we had a blizzard. I remember it because it here it was here 
in my hometown of <laughs> New York. So I, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. I think all around they were very explosive. They had Chris Harris Jr. They had one of the best secondaries in football for so many years from 2013 to now. They were so explosive. They had they didn't have a two-headed monster defensive backs. They had a three-headed monster. So um, and they they were very good defensively. Defensive line, Malik Jackson. That was the last year Malik Jackson before he went to I think he went to Jacksonville that year. After that year, uh, this is uh, actually right. I think he played uh, the next year Malik Jackson, and then he went to Jacksonville. They won the Super Bowl. So um, I this mm-hmm. was so good. And and don't forget about Julius Thomas, who at the that year he was the best tight end in football, the best tight end in football. Oh yeah, yeah. So they Man, that team. Yeah, team. <laughs> they were stacked. They were stacked. They should have won the Super Bowl. It just they bumped into uh, the Legion of Boom, who played outstanding defensively. Everybody keeps saying Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was kind of a rookie, and he was moving towards it. That was his second year when he won the Super Bowl. So, and the first year he played, I remember they beat the Washington. I think the they beat the Washington Redskins, and then they lost in the second round, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so. I I, yeah. I like the Broncos. I, I really do Peyton Manning and and that outcast of players. That is one of the most talented teams in NFL history. Go look up and down their team from offensive line to defensive line to special teams to offense. They were explosive. Absolutely explosive. That too. And they're a seven seed. So they're they're they are one of those kind of teams that are in the middle of these brackets that are, are prone to disrupt a lot of stuff here. Uh Brian, who do you have here between the 2013 Denver Broncos 1969 Kansas City Chiefs? I gotta go with the Broncos as well. Peyton Manning put up numbers on top of numbers. They ran into the Legion of Boom in the Seattle Seahawks, who had a game plan for them. I looked at the Kansas City Chiefs roster, 11-3 in 1969, and as Hank Stram Stram said very famously during Super Bowl IV, keep on matriculating the ball down the field. Well, the Denver Broncos did that and (laughs) some with all the weapons that they had, including Darius Thomas, as Errol mentioned. It's short and sweet. I got to go with the Broncos. All right. I mean, and that Broncos team – uh, 2013, Peyton Manning threw for over 5,000 yards. I want to say, didn't he break Tommy's touchdown record that year also? Like, with 55 or something yeah. like that? Uh, so yeah, the yeah. offense is, is on paper the most prolific in NFL history. And so uh, I really had all the, the hot spots for that. Tom Brady broke that. Yeah. Right, yeah, and then Tom Brady, and then Tom Brady mm-hmm. broke it, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's so it crazy. It was really, if you think back on it, it was probably Peyton Manning's last good, healthy oh, yeah. season. Because the 2015 Broncos that actually won the Super Bowl against uh, my Panthers, Peyton Manning was a shell of himself at that point. And actually, if the Panthers won that game, they would have actually set an NFL record for fewest yards allowed on defense. The the Broncos only had like like 200 yards of offense in that Super Bowl. Uh, Peyton Manning could not throw the ball. So 2015 was probably his peak, um, peak Peyton Manning. So uh, uh, the Broncos move on. The Chiefs, with all those Hall of Famers on defense, lasted one game. Uh, Super Bowl four winners, but playing underneath the rules of 2013 would not be able to uh, murder people on the. So that really was a <laughs> probably not a good thing for those Kansas City Chiefs. Right along, we are in the Steelers bracket. Uh, first round 
coverage here of the greatest NF team ever uh, from the rundown brought to you by Blue Naples Pizza and Body Patterns Fitness and Wellness. The next matchup here is our six versus 11 seed here. Errol Marks and Brian Snow here with me trying to figure this whole thing out. And this is a good one, too. The six seed, the 1986 New York Giants taking on the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the 74 Pittsburgh Steelers, that's the first Super Bowl for the Steelers uh, franchise. Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, and those guys, Franco Harris. It was the first of four in the 70s, uh, a, a decade dominated by the AFC. The Dolphins, Steelers, and Raiders pretty much won every Super Bowl uh, in the 70s, other than the Cowboys, uh, I think once or twice in there as well. Meanwhile, on the other side, the higher seat is the 1986 New, uh, New York Giants, coached by Bill Parcells. Defensive coordinator is Bill Belichick. You've got Lawrence Taylor uh, high on cocaine running around the field trying to kill people. Uh, <laughs> well, Marshall, you got man, the, the 86 Giants, man. They they were a problem, for real. The NFC East was a problem. Late 80s, early 90s. Um, yeah, some of these early 90s yeah, NFC East, Eagles were the worst team in the NFC East, and they probably had the nastiest defensive front in all of football with Reggie White and Claude mm -hmm. Simmons and Jerome Brown and those guys. And they were the fourth best team in that in that division. So uh, this is uh, one of uh, the, the Giants were winning uh, four years later in 1990. But uh, this, uh, this is a good matchup here. Keep in mind, they're playing underneath the rules of 1986. So, again, this uh, may hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, steel curtain because it's not 1974. You can't you know, flip a wide receiver. You can't, you know, kick him in the groin or do whatever to prevent him from running down the field. Although in 86, it's still, you still can get away with a little bit on the field. So I'm going to start off with you, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to start off with you, Brian. Who would you pick between the, uh, the, the Coke-fueled 1986 New York Giants taking on the 74 Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> well, since you put it that way, I got to go with the 80s. Giants. I love uh, <laughs> Lawrence Taylor and that defense, Harry Carson, um, Leonard Marshall, George Martin, all across the front line. Phil Sims, the uh, the quarterback. Of course, we know and Arrow, I know you remember this. Phil McConkey flying mm -hmm. out of the tunnel, getting everybody hyped up, waving the towel and everything. I, I mean, the, the steel curtain was just starting to find its own in 1974 when they won their first Super Bowl. But doggone it, Bill Belichick, defensive coordinator, Bill Parcells, head coach. Now love me some Bill Parcells. I got to go with the Giants. So, so easy pick for uh, for Brian. They're picking the '86 Giants. I kind of got an idea of where my man's gonna go here because he's based up in New York. But I'm throw the the mic over to you anyway, Errol. Who would you pick between the '86 New York Giants and the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers? It's not even close. It's not even close. <laughs> the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers. It's absolutely not even close. Oh, wow. It's not even close. Yo. It's not even close. Okay, I, dope I, there. I mean, go look at their go look at their roster. First of all, you were talking about Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick, he was a defensive corner. Mm -hmm. And Bill Parcells, he was he was the coach. And yep. Bill Parcells was just growing to be a head coach in 1986. He really was. That was their first Super Bowl. It, it, it's Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll is a, a Hall of Fame head coach. Nobody remembers Chuck Knoll because, hey, listen, we do because 
I, I wasn't even alive with Chuck Noll, but I, I heard all the stories about him. The guy was aggressive defensively. He always pushed that team offensively and defensively. How about Lynn Swan, one of the best wide receivers, underrated wide receivers of all time? Sam Davis, the guard. Mike Webster, the be- to me, the best center that ever played the game. You talk about Terry yeah. Bradshaw. Everybody keeps saying, you know, putting down Terry Bradshaw. And over there. This is a four-time Super Bowl champion. Dominant guy in the Super yep. Bowl. Go look at his records. John Stallworth. I mean, how about Mean Joe Green? Who, who do I know? Everybody keeps talking about Lawrence Taylor. How about Mister mm-hmm. uh, Joe Green, who completely dominated the line of scrimmage? Always, always beat down offensive linemen. A matter yeah. of fact, I interviewed uh, Joe Green years and years ago, and the funny thing he said when he played, it wasn't about kicking people, it wasn't about pushing people, it was making people fear you on the football field. That's what me, that's why they call him Joe Green. Um, they were just an explosive team defensively and offensively, and it was the beginning of of uh, a decade of great football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that was one of the most underrated Super Bowl championship teams. Nobody realizes that. Look at what they had to do to get to the Super Bowl. Look at what they had to do. Yeah. So true. They, true. They were just explosive offensively, defensively, and by the way. Nobody remembers their running game. Their running game was powerful. You're talking about one of the best power games we have seen in, in really in the last 40 years. And yet nobody remembers that because all they think about is Terry Bradshaw, mm-hmm. uh, the Lynn Swan offensive line and defense. They were aggressively defensively, one of the most underrated secondaries in football. Chuck Knoll, I would take Chuck Knoll over Bill Parcells any day. I'm going with. Pittsburgh Steelers, nineteen seventy-four. Can I change my vote I, now? I did not expect. So, yeah. I did not expect. Um, did you want to change your vote, Brian? <laughs> I did. I'm changing my vote since Arrow broke that down for me. Totally forgot about Rocky Blyer and the Pittsburgh Steelers backfield with Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, and John Stallworth. One of my favorite tandems of all time. I'm changing my vote. This is the year of the Immaculate Reception, correct? Like, this is the year that happened in the playoffs. Wasn't it was against the Raiders or someone? Um, so, yeah, so this – Oakland. You know, I thought – you know, and the, the Steelers are the lower seed, so this would be an upset. They're the 11th seed here. The Giants went 14-2. and two, um, and, 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 again, they came out of the NFC East. The Cowboys were down at this point, but the Redskins win the Super Bowl the yeah. following year. Um, and, and they're coming out of the mm-hmm. NFC where they had to deal with the 49ers – the, the, the Chicago Bears are our overall number one seed in this entire bracket. They won the Super Bowl the year before uh, and probably would have won in 86 right. if Jim McMahon hadn't gotten hurt. So, it, I mean, the NFC True. was stacked, but Arrow makes excellent points in terms of if you just look at the roster um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 74, like just going down it, and it's just like Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. <laughs> so, I mean, they had probably one of the best draft yeah. classes of all time. You can't, uh, and it, and it kind of it's stymied the dynasty. Yeah. So, all right. So, all right. So, for that, I changed his pick. Uh, that's the first time someone has changed their pick based off of what the other person uh, brought to the well, table. Um, so, the Steelers move on. The Giants, uh, one of the first uh, higher seeds to get knocked out. Now, this one, this next one is the one that I'm extremely curious as to how this is going to play out. It's the five seed taking on the uh, the 12 seed here. And it is a doozy. Um, 2007 New England Patriots 
taking on the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, uh, we all know the story with the Patriots, 16-0, regular season, uh, undefeated, lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, uh, the, the, the catch, all that good stuff. Uh, taking on what may be one of the best defenses of all time in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is a, a classic clash of one of the best offenses of all time going up against one of the best defenses of all time in Tampa Bay. I have no idea how this is going to play out. Uh, Brian, I'm going to let you go first on this one here. Who would you pick now? 2007, although it doesn't really matter, 2007 the rules are pretty much still relatively the same, but uh, – who would you pick between the 2007 New England Patriots who did not win the Super Bowl taking on the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's the irresistible force, meaning the immovable object. The Patriots, the irresistible force, the Buccaneers, the immovable object. You know the story about the Patriots, 16-0 in the regular season, lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, all kinds and the Patriots. But the O2 Buccaneers presented that immovable object. It's called defense. Derek Brooks, Warren Lynch was a member of that team at that time. Brad Johnson was a serviceable quarterback. Keyshawn Johnson was um, was their receiver. And when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, they won it with their defense. They took three interceptions from Rich Gannon back for touchdowns. And the Oakland Raiders mm-hmm. were the most prolific scoring team and the most prolific offense in the NFL in 2002 and john gruden and the buccaneers found a way to stymie them you have them going up against tom brady and the new england patriots randy moss was a member of the team at that time and you know uh uh, uh brady threw for 50 touchdowns that year but being from chicago i've been a fan of defense for most of my life i gotta go with the super bowl mvp Derek brooks john gruden and the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a little bit of an upset there, um, picking the 12 seed. Errol, uh, you got a minute and a half. Would you take between the two Patriots taking on the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Warren Tapp and Derek Brooks and all those boys? It's it's interesting because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember sitting at the sitting watching the Super Bowl when they won and. We all know that was John Gruden's uh, time to win. He left the Oakland Raiders to go to Tampa Bay to win a championship. And then really after that, his career just completely he disintegrated and he decided to become an analyst, and he was an analyst for 10 years with ESPN. I'm going with the 2007 New England Patriots, even though I'm a Jet fan. I couldn't stand, couldn't stand the Patriots. (laughs) You talk about defenses. Well, they got guys like Teddy Bruschi, who is – Borderline Hall of Famer, Mike Vrabel, who is going to be a Hall of Famer. Vince Wilfork, dominant force in the middle, nose tackle. Uh, They had uh, Richard Seymour, who is so explosive. And by the way, you were talking about one of the best offensive teams of all time. Randy Moss, who was probably the most explosive that year. I think he had had like 30-something touchdowns himself. I mean, he was unbelievable. Uh, He had uh, had 25. Brady had 50 touchdowns. Uh, Moss had 25, both of them uh, NFL records. I'm pretty sure they both still. Yeah, I think Moss is. Tom Brady, who was explosive. How about Benjamin Watson? That was his one of his first years in as the NFL player. He was one of the most underrated tight ends that year. He had close to 1,000 yards that year. I think he had 800 and some odd yards. That was the time mm-hmm. that he transitioned the tight end. 
in, implemented the tight end to their offense and really changed the game. Right. And Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski came into the league. You talk about Steven Gaskowski, who's one of the most underrated field goal kickers in playoff history. And I'm not talking about Adam Vinatieri. Okay, so you, you talk about Junior Seau was on that team. You guys forget about Junior Seau, uh, one of the most underrated linebackers. Oh, of all time. Yeah. Logan Makins, one of the best offensive linemen in that time. So they were, and Wes, Wes Welker was on the team. Uh, Lawrence Maroney, uh, running back, who was very underrated that year. Heath Evans, who was one of the best fullbacks in the league for the for those two years. They were explosive in every kind of way, defensively, offensively. And by the way, you're talking about the Buccaneers defense. How about the Patriots defense that year? The Patriots defense that year was ranked in amongst the top 10 in football in every single category, run defense, pass block, um, um, uh, I mean, sacks, everything. They were explosive in every kind of way. It's not even close. They would kill the Buccaneers. Kill the Buccaneers. It doesn't matter how good their defense no, they Warren Sapp and Brooks. They, no, they, they were so explosive on the outside as well in the in, and they were very good defensively. They lost against uh, a very good giant team that was hot in the playoffs. They were hot. They went from – remember when they beat the uh, the Jets that year in, in MetLife Stadium and then everything – that was when Victor Cruz came yeah. out. You guys remember. That was when Victor Cruz right. – Right. So – Was that the 90 – was that the – Later. Was that when Cruz had that 99-yard touchdown mm -hmm. against the Jets? I was there. It was. So, okay, so, so we've got – So you guys have put me in a position where – So you guys put me in a position where I'm going to have to decide this, and I did not want to do that. Uh, I kind of prefaced that when I when I <laughs> mentioned this matchup here. 07 Patriots, 02 Bucks. Um, so for me – I'm I'm old school. Run the ball, stop the run. It'll never go out of style. If you can do that, you're going to win more games than you lose in football, no, no matter the level. Pee wee, high school, college, pro. Yep. Um, these yep. Patriots, they they had trouble twice that year. The last game of the year, well, no, not the last game of the year. A couple right before the last game of the year against the Baltimore Ravens mm -hmm. and uh, against mm -hmm. uh, the Giants in the Super Bowl. What both of those teams were able to do to these Patriots was get Tom Brady off his spot. They were able to rush him uh, without having to blitz a lot and basically use their front four to get to him uh, within three seconds. Because that's the key. You got to get the Brady within three seconds or he's letting the ball go. Um, now, granted, the Ravens did not beat. Uh, they did not beat the, uh, the Patriots. And the Giants needed a uh, lucky out-of-his-ass catch by David Tyree. And people forget Eli Manning probably should have been whistled down. <laughs> I mean, he was in the grass. You've seen sure. it happen before. The refs just let it go. I think I, I think yeah. I remember uh, that Patriot players were saying they thought the play stopped. How so about, how about know, the play before that? Yeah. How about the play before that? Asante Samuel should have intercepted the ball. If you remember that, should have intercepted that ball. Yeah, yeah. the Patriots. The Patriots. The Patriots. Scored that Randy Moss scores on a touchdown from Tom Brady to set up that climactic final yep. drive with Eli and those guys. So the Patriots, if they had won that game, and this has been a, a theme that's happened in this bracket that we've noticed, if, if Team A had won that game, they'd be considered the greatest team of all time. Like mm -hmm. if they had won that game, they yeah. would have been undefeated Super Bowl champions, no question, greatest team of all time. 
Yeah. Um, we were talking about the 2015 Carolina Panthers, who will become an afterthought because they didn't win the Super Bowl. But if they had Super Bowl, right. they would have finished the year 18 and one, uh, Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. They would have offensive MVP, MVP, and coach of the year. Uh, but because that's the last yeah. game, no one's going to really think about kind of like the 98 Vikings. No one's going to think about them, even though they was one loss throughout the regular season. So coming like back to this said, though, it's it like comes down to me. Right, exactly. So, and these Patriots won't be because they went undefeated and they set so many offensive records during the season. To me, this matchup comes down to do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have enough up front on defense to bother Tom Brady? And yep, they do. <laughs> they really, they really do. Yep. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. I mean, John Lynch is running around in the backfield in safety. I mean, they had enough. They have enough, but uh, they have more than enough. and Tampa did one. I don't think they didn't have enough, enough points. That, that's enough. Jack, Derek Brooks, Jack Golden, Ryan Nisi, outside linebacker, Shelton I don't think Quarles. Tampa was quarterback. Who was their quarterback? Patriots weren't slashes on defense, like Errol said. You know, they were top 10 defense. Who was the quarterback? Brad Johnson. Was Brad Johnson. Was Brad Johnson the quarterback? quarterback? Brad Johnson was. The quarterback. I think it was Brad Johnson. Are I think it was Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson? Yeah. 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 They had work done. Mike Allstott. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to pick the Patriots because of that alone. Although I think it would be tight. It would play out. The Patriots era, like I do, but Mike Allstott would have run that New England defense into the ground. Mike A trained the ball five times. Yep. I picture it going the same way the Patriots Giants Super Bowl did without the David Tyree catch. That's kind of how I'm picturing it because the Giants did the same thing to these Patriots. They were able to get to Tom Brady. Right. The Bucks could do the same, but I don't think they Who were the receivers? Who were the wide receivers on this Tampa Bay team? That's it. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you know, Belichick's gonna have something planned to, to take him out the game entirely. Um, plus, it's 2007, so it's underneath the Patriots rules. So there might be a camera somewhere, and might be some stuff going on. So that gives him an added advantage. Patriots probably gonna be moving on to the next round uh, over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, which isn't much of an which is really an insult to Tampa Bay. It's just have enough offense to really make this happen. Yeah, now, yeah. The next Point matchup taken. is a matchup of two classic uh, defenses here. Come on, um, Brian. Brian. I'm just go ahead and put it out there. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. That Brad Johnson versus. Tom Brady duel, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if Tom can hang with old Brad there. Um, the next matchup here, as we get to our top four seeds, uh, is a good one. Uh, the four seed, the 2013 Seattle uh, Seahawks, taking on the 1990 New York Giants. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why people kind of look at the Giants as an underdog. They went 13 and three in the top of the 90s, where I just mentioned they had to fight off the Redskins. The Cowboys were coming. The Eagles had one of the nastiest defenses in the league and Randall Cunningham. Uh, so, I mean, and they went 13 and three. Meanwhile, the Seahawks decimated the Broncos, who were earlier in this bracket in the Super Bowl, the Legion of Boom at the peak of their powers. I am still to this day scared to death of Cam Chancellor because he did in a Panthers game, uh, probably right around that same time, actually. I think it was around 2013, 2014, where the Panthers were trying to punt. 
And Cam Chancellor jumps over the offensive line, like literally clears <laughs> the line, doesn't touch them, he gets in the it. backfield. A penalty is called, so they have to run it back. And this dude does it again. Mm-hmm. Like, he does it again. Yep. again. Like, the Panthers already know what he's going to do. And he jumps over the guy again, clears him, runs into the backfield, and we get the punt off. But ever since that day, I've been scared to death of Cam Chancellor. He's not human. He's a cyborg. He's running around. Richard Sherman. Uh, I mean, <laughs> boom, maybe one of the greatest secondaries of all time, taking on the Giants team that was really a smash mouth, lunch pail type of squad. This Now, this 90 Giants team was Bill Belichick's uh, coup de grace in terms of defense coordinator for the Giants, wrote the uh, defensive game plan against the Buffalo Bills, which is actually in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I've been to the Hall of Fame in Akron before, and that actual defensive game plan is in the Hall of Fame of what they did to stop the K-Gun offense with the Bills. Errol, I'm going to let you go first. Oh. taking on the 1990 uh. New York Giants. New York oh, football here Giants. we go. I, listen, I want the Giants. I want the Giant fans not to hate me. Because uh, I, I did not pick the Giants for the night. You're going to do it again, aren't you? You're going to do it again, aren't you? It wasn't Phil Sims as the quarterback. It was Jeff Hostetler. And I don't think Jeff yes, Hostetler would have been able to run against the Seattle Seahawks defense. This Seattle Seahawks defense, the Legion of Boom. You talk about the graciousness of Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor. And, and and what they were explosive. They also had Percy Harvin. And their defense, their front seven, was immaculate. Mm. Bobby Wagner. They can get to the quarterback. They can pressure him. And their offensive line, even though they were very underrated offensive line that year, they were one of they, – they kept Russell Wilson on, on his feet that year. And that's why they won the Super Bowl against the Broncos. They kept him on his feet. Von Miller, none of those guys can get to Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. And, and really the explosiveness. They had Sidney Rice, and everybody forgets about Sidney Rice. That year, Sidney Rice actually had a very, very good year. He was an underrated wide receiver. It wasn't like a superstar wide receiver, but he was a good wide receiver. And their running game, they had a very good running game. Uh, I I like this team very, very much. Uh, One of the best defensive teams of all time. One of the top four defensive teams to ever play the game. Really, but what they did. I'm not going to put down the Giants. Mm -hmm. They were Lawrence Taylor and and really the game plan of Bill Belichick and and what he did against the Buffalo Bills, who was one of the, the one of the most underrated uh, uh most underrated teams of all time with the Buffalo Bills. That was one of their best teams, the ninety Bills. So uh, yeah. I, I just there's something about Seattle. Michael Bennett, everybody. This is when Michael Bennett exploded uh, as uh, one of the best uh, defensive ends in the league. So. I'm going to take – oh, by the way, Stephen Hushka, who is still one of the best field goal kickers in the league to this day. So – and and this guy was a big-time, big-time kicker that year. Go look. He missed one field goal kick that year. One. So oh, yeah. I'm going with Seattle, baby. Okay. Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. I keep wanting to call them the Seattle Super. It's – I, that Supersonics up. is my Brown, fault because I keep saying you are on the, the clock. Seattle we got Super- one vote for the Seahawks and the the Boom Lob. Uh, okay. Not uh, taking on the nineteen ninety ball Giants. Brian, you're on. 
All right, this is where I piss Errol off and I say I'm taking the 1990 New York Giants, even though they ah. went into Candlestick Park and beat my 49ers with field goals. That defense was fabulous. But there is a fellow by the name of Gary Reasons who provided the Giants with an offensive play to keep them in the game. We like to call it a fake punt that went for 35 yards and the Giants turned it into points, made it, make it from 13-9 to 13-12. And of course, they get the field goal at the gun, win 15-13. I want to talk about the offensive Giants going left to right. Jumbo, El uh, uh, yeah, Jumbo yeah, Elliott, right. William Roberts, Bart Oates at center. At your offensive line, Jeff Hostetler was the quarterback that year. His wide receivers were Stephen Baker and Mark Ingram. And O.J. Anderson, who was the Super Bowl MVP at running back. In front of him, Carthen out of Arkansas State. Everybody was playing this Giants offense to be punks after they lost 72-49ers in week 12 of the 1990 season, a game I happen to have in my collection, by the way, from old <laughs> Candlestick Park. But I, this Giants defense, and again, I'll mention Gary Reasons, Larry McGrew, former Patriot, was a linebacker. Of course, you got Carl Banks, Lawrence Taylor running around, still high on coke. We don't know at that time. But still at the high same on time, cocaine. <laughs> across the front, Dorsey, Eric Dorsey, Mike Fox, Eric Howard, Leonard Marshall, John Washington. Now, at that time, they lost a couple of their old uh, stewards in uh, in uh, Harry. They replace him with Pepper Johnson, former Cleveland Brown. I'm sorry. The Legion of Boom, I don't think, would not have gotten past, okay, this Giants offensive line. Really? K.J. Wright be damned. He would not have Ooh. left that Giants front to try to block to to try to block a punt. This is what people don't realize about the 1990 Giants. Not only were they big, they were also athletic, which explains most of the athletes today. I know it, but the Giants and the 49ers to an extent started that trend. KJ Wright, I love you, but you ain't getting past that. So, okay, so you're picking the you're picking the Giants. Can I cut in? Go ahead, Earl. Marshawn Lynch, okay? I forgot about him, who yeah. is the most explosive running back in the That's league. That's where I'm going. <laughs> okay. And Golden Tate, okay? Golden Tate, who was a, he was being no. transitioning. Brandon Browner, who was the other corner on the other side. Big, strong, beat down people yep. on the other side. And Malcolm Smith, baby, who is the Super Bowl MVP, if we forgot. So – I'm Who in the vital blue hell is Malcolm Smith? Yep. <laughs> uh, I got it. It's, it's <laughs> like it one of a long early. list of Super Bowl MVPs that cat yeah. in after the yeah, fact yeah. and no one ever yeah, heard of him. Yeah. But he's uh, um, I'll, I'll bring up. So, okay, so for me, I you run the ball, stop the run. Seattle may have had Marshawn Lynch, and they may have had a cakewalk. In the game against in the Super Bowl against Denver in your home defensive front 
stopped one of the most prolific running backs in history. We're talking about Thurman Thomas. They held Thurman Thomas. Actually, uh, Thurman Thomas had the most running rushing yards in this in that Super Bowl. He had 134, he but fumbled. they held him yeah, yeah. He to two rushing yards in the final two drives that allowed the Giants to come back and win. Marshawn Lynch will be a problem against these guys, and I say that with a smile on okay. my face. Brian, all right, all right, Brian all right. So I'm going to okay. make so you picked the Giants. Earl picked the Seahawks. Uh, so once again, it comes down to me. I wasn't expecting yep. to be a tiebreaker on so many of these. Um, I think the 2013 Seahawks, I'm trying to theme that I could compare the Giants to back then that would give me an idea of how they would play against them. And really, it'd probably be the 49ers. Uh, the, the 2013 49ers kind of constructed the same way, building trenches, big offensive line, big defensive line, stop the run, run the ball type of thing. So that was going on, uh, and the the Seahawks were clearly better um, that year. I think it does come down to could these Giants contain Marshawn Lynch? Because um, this is team Marshawn Lynch. This is still you know beast mode. You know carrying a bunch of Saints down beast mode. Like this is still him. Um, <laughs> the, the, the stiff arm. Plus, the what Giants, they, they were so much. Of a, they were so much. Of a, yeah, just they were such an underdog to those Bills in that Super Bowl. I do remember that. Yeah, held the highest scoring team. To I just, I don't, I don't think that. Right, but see, the Seahawks are built to play that type of game. That's the thing. They're not. They're not a quick strike type of offense. They're built to grind it out too. Uh, behind Marshawn Lynch, and they kind of protected Russell Wilson early in his career by doing that, running the ball and just playing ball control. And the one thing no one mentioned, uh, although Russell Wilson was still early in his career, he still does it to this day, and it drives me nuts. If it's third and fifteen, he's going to get sixteen yards every time. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. He can run the ball, or he's going to scramble around for thirty seconds and find. Some Doug Baldwin or somebody drives, right past the stick, and they're gonna keep moving. Cosby yeah, he does it every single time, and it doesn't matter what team he's playing against. He he just does it. <laughs> he, we've seen him do it against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I've seen him do it against my Panthers multiple years in a row. Uh, he did it against that yep. Bronco team in the Super Bowl. Like he, he he's a chain mover. He moves the chain, and I think he, he can does. do that and wear this New York Giants defense out. Actually. Um, I think the Giants got lucky beating the Bills. Keep in mind, the Bills still won the game. They missed the field goal at the end, Scott Norwood, or we'd be talking about the Bills as one of these top seeds. Um, but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks yeah. just off of the fact that Russell Wilson is back there, compared to Jeff Hostetler <laughs> for the the Giants, and uh, and having Marshawn Lynch behind him with the Legion of Boom. I mean, Jeff Hostetler's gonna throw for like a, like a he's gonna throw for like 170 yards. Get the vision of boom, like that's it. It's all they're giving them all the underneath stuff, and like you're not getting anything else. Who are the wide receivers on this Giants team? Who are the wide receivers? Stephen Baker and Mark. Exactly. <laughs> Stephen Baker and Mark Ingram. <laughs> nah, nah. Like I can see the whole post game uh wrestling hill comments from Richard Sherman right now. Like, you gonna put somebody like Mark Ingram up against me? No. <laughs> it ain't happening today. Like I all that in my head. Move I could, I could see that too. Uh, it's bracket. We're 
top threes here. Uh, this might flying. <laughs> this might start flying prettier. We are in the region as we mosey on along here. The three seed is the 1966 Green Bay Packers, uh, led by none other than Vince Lombardi. Bart Starr is the quarterback. They've got Hall of Famers up and down uh, this uh, this uh, roster. Uh, taking on the 14 seed, the 2012 Baltimore Ravens uh, finished the season 10 and six in the regular season. Joe Flacco is the uh, the quarterback. Um, however, you've got Ed Reed on this Ravens uh, defense. Ray Lewis is uh, back there as well. If I want to say this is Ray Lewis's farewell tour, uh, they got hot at the end. Yes. Uh, Joe Joe Flacco basically bet on himself in this season. If you recall, he was at the end of a contract, decided not to take an extension. Uh, played well through the Super, oh, through the playoffs, won a Super Bowl. Ravens rewarded him with a hundred million dollar contract right afterward, and, that's and the then he stunk it up pretty much for four years after he uh, signed that deal. But he is he did win a Super Bowl. He did win a Super Bowl though. Um, with that Ravens defense, uh, this Green Bay Packer team went twelve and two. Um, I want to say they were the winners of Super Bowl one or one two. It was one two. of those. Two. I think it was the first Super Bowl that they. Uh, this team two. is here from 66. Super Bowl one. So Super Arrow one. one and two. Uh so this is the first one of those two. So Super Bowl one. Uh yes. So Arrow, I'm gonna let you go first. Who would you pick? We got a minute and a half. Uh 66 Packers taking on the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. They are playing underneath 1966 rules. So those Ravens actually can kill people on the field on defense. So that might affect your pick a bit. So what say you? I love Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi is the greatest coach of all time. And then Bill Belichick. You could put Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, whoever, Chuck Knowles, whoever you want to put after him. Vince Lombardi is the greatest head coach of all time. But the Baltimore Ravens were just so explosive defensively that year. And they weren't the 2002 or the 2000 Baltimore Ravens with uh, Ray Lewis, but they were explosive. You talk about Terrell Suggs. One of the most explosive defensive ends in NFL history. Nobody even understands. This guy is a Hall of Famer, by far a Hall of Famer. Then you go through the team. Anquan Bolden, the wide receiver, on one side. They had three. Mm. They had uh, Nagata, who is a defensive end, a, a completely a beast, nose tackle. Um, uh, you Ricky Williams as a running back. He was part of the team. Jimmy Smith, Cecil Newton. I mean, this team was great all around. Their offensive line was the best offensive line in football that year. Michael Orr, this was the best offensive yeah. line in football that year. And you talk about um, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco went had one of the best Super Bowl runs in NFL history. Go look at what he did in the Super Bowl. Go look what he did in the Super in his Super Bowl run. Nine touchdowns. He had to beat the Patriots. Go look at who he beat to get to the Super Bowl and then beat the San Francisco 49ers. Coach versus coach, brother versus brother, if you guys remember. I This is not even close. As good as the 1966 Green Bay Packers is and the Hall of Famers, the, the, Bart's, uh, the Bart Stars and um, the Timothy Browns, the, Je the Jerry Kramers, the Bill Currys, all those guys. And they were great. And Vince Lombardi was one of the greatest coaches, the greatest coach in my eyes in professional sports history because he pushed the players. Five championships in a row. You'll never see a coach ever do that again. He was unbelievable. So, and the only team that I can honestly say um, was one of the most underrated teams in NFL history. But the Baltimore Ravens, with the speed of the game, the way they played, 
in the 2012 uh, season. Anquan Bolden, their running game. Uh, Rice was one of the best running backs in the league that year. Uh, uh, Ray Rice. Uh, that was before he popped his uh, future wife in the face in the elevator. Um, this is this team was much much yeah. better all around. Much much better all around than the 1966 Green Bay Packers. <laughs> So uh, we got a, a vote for the lower seed, the Baltimore Ravens in here. Uh, Brian, real quick, 30 seconds. You Who do you got? The 1960 Green Bay Packers got taking 12 Baltimore Ravens. Lower seed. I'm sorry. Ed Reed, too. Hey. Ed Reed, too. I forgot about Ed Reed. I'm sorry. Ed, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ed Reed, Ed, Ed Reed is the best. The best safety. One of the <laughs> best got- of all time. Sorry. <laughs> Aside of Ronnie Lott, you got two votes for the Baltimore Ravens. There's no way, no way this 1966 Green Bay Packer team will compete with the speed, the athleticism, and the strength, and the knowledge of the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. And indeed, it was Harbaugh versus Harbaugh at the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um I didn't expect now, it to be that lopsided, and I don't have Lombardi, to. As, as side of Vince Lombardi being the greatest coach, one of the greatest coaches of all, I can't even offer that argument because John Harbaugh would have had an answer for every single trick that Vince Lombardi had up his sleeve. You got two votes for the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so I'm thankful that I don't have to vote because I'm not sure which way I would have gone on this, although I'm kind of leaning towards the Ravens since they'd be playing in 1966. Uh, Ed Reed, Ray yeah. Lewis, and those guys were dogs to begin with in 2012. You stick them in the 60s and let them <laughs> run around. And get it. It's going to be tough to <laughs> score on that that Ravens defense, uh, with uh, especially with Ray Lewis running around in the middle. So the 14 seed, 10 and Ravens move on. Uh, because see the 1984 San Francisco 49ers, they were 15 and one on that season, taking on the 15th seed 2001 New England Patriots. That's the Patriots team that beat the St. Louis Rams in an upset in that Super Bowl. 11 and five on the season, kind of a lunch pail Patriots team. Just do your job, everybody do what they're supposed to do, and they'll win more games than they lose. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49er team of 84, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger, uh, excuse me, uh, Ronnie Lott. Um, you just you had a lot of talent. They went 15 and one regular season. One of only two teams to go 15 and one and win the Super Bowl. The 85 Chicago Bears are the other. Uh, Brian, you are a 49ers fan, so I'm gonna let you go first here. Who would you pick between the 84 49ers and the 2001 New England Patriots? Do you even have to ask? It's all about the 49ers, baby. Look at all of the offensive <laughs> power that they had. Wendell Tyler, Joe Montana. Um, they did, oddly enough, they didn't have Jerry Rice at the time. Dwight Clark was there. Freddie Solomon was there. Fred Quillen was at center across that offensive line. You had a future Hall of Famer in Randy Cross. And then on defense, mm. anchored by who it was beginning to be anchored by Ronnie Lott, but you also had uh, Keena Turner. You had Carlton Williamson. Uh, Lawrence Pillars was starting on defense at that time. And you had a young fellow that was emerging as the original jackknife running back by the name of Roger Craig, who set a record by score by becoming the first player at the time to score three touchdowns in a Super Bowl, two rushing and one receiving. There is no way, and I know Errol's probably going to counter this, I don't see a way Bill Belichick can counter <laughs> this loaded 49er team. I'm going with my 49ers. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So, uh, Errol, and we're, we're right up against it here. So, uh, <laughs> Errol, you're up. 84-49ers taking on the 2030 seconds. All right. Here we go. I, I love Joe Montana. I love Jerry Rice. I think Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time, but other people seem to differ. Tom Brady, his first year taking over um, a guy named Drew Bledsoe, who was uh, one of the great quarterbacks in the league at the time. He's not Joe Montana, but Tom Brady is right there with Joe Montana. The transition of the game. I'm going to take the Patriots. And this, I knew it. At San Francisco, that was the beginning <laughs> of our, their a decade of dominance. That wasn't even yeah. a team. That wasn't even their best team. Yeah, because their best team was 89. 89. Their best team was 89. But like I like I offered, there was a young fella named Roger Craig who was on that team at yeah. that time. But yeah. I also see why you're taking the why you're taking the Patriots. Go look at oh, their go look at their defense and where they were right. Teddy Bruschi, uh mm -hmm. Teddy Johnson, Willie McGinnis. Uh I'm Ty Law, all, all these mm -hmm. guys are probably going to be Hall of Famers. And then you talk about you talk about offensively. I think that that game, if they played against each other in the Super Bowl, it would have came down to probably three or six points. And you forget about no. Adam Vinatieri, who was the best <laughs> playoff. Yeah, y'all had yeah the Patriots had Adam Vinatieri. Wrong answer, dude. And Adam Vinatieri right, so, uh, was good. Adam Vinatieri was good, but there was an established kicker at that time in San Francisco by the name of Ray Worsing, mm. the scoring is machine. Is he in a Hall uh -huh. of Fame? Is he in a Hall of Fame? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yet again, Errol and Brian have put me in a position we're, where I have to between these two teams. Uh, here's my thing. Very, very, very key to this. It's 1984. Not 2001. So the Patriots, they, they aren't using the cameras and the spies <laughs> and all that stuff in this matchup. So they have no idea what uh, what the the, uh, the 49ers might be up to. They went 15-1 and one, uh, in a stretch where the NFC was so dominant. Like, mm -hmm. this is 83, the Redskins won the Super Bowl. 85, the Bears won the Super Bowl. 86, the Giants won the Super Bowl. Those Bears, in terms of how good they were, I want to say the Bears. And another thing, too, yep. this, this 2001 New England Patriots team does not impress me. Like, I, I, I love that Rams team. I hated the Patriots for doing what they were doing to that Rams in the Super Bowl, but they did not impress me. In fact, I, I kind of hated the Patriots. Well, I do hate the Patriots. I'm not even going to. Tippy toe around that. I do not like we them. all hate the Panthers. Never like them. I mean, they beat my Panthers in a Super Bowl um, a year or two later. I'm a Jet fan. Just, they weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, so of course you don't like them. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't pick a 15 seed New England Patriots team without video camera spies to beat a 2 seed 84 49er team. Just barely missed out being a one seed in this bracket. Like I'm, so, right. I just can't do it. I'm going 49. Yeah, it just feels right. I can't, for I can't once, I finally one. get one. For <laughs> once, I finally get one. I wanted to give you that one. I wanted to give you that one. I can't do it. And and Errol, I can't do it. I'm sorry. You. I just I, and, and Errol, thank you for saying. Thank you, Errol, for saying something I've said for many years. 
The greatest quarterback to ever do it wore 16, and that was Montana. I agree. I agree. He was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Quarterback. Montana definitely. Yeah. I mean, how? look at Super Bowl Twenty Three. if you need evidence of Montana's greatness. There's many more evidences to that point, but look at Super Bowl Twenty Three. That's all I got to say, and look at the last drive. That's all I got to say. Joe Montana. And now, I will say, I will say it, it, helped, it did help Joe Montana and Steve Young that they were able to basically master the West Coast offense. Uh, if you put them in another type of offense, I'm not sure if you get the same result, but it's kind of almost like the way Jordan and Pippen mastered the triangle, you know, yeah. or Shaq and Kobe mastered the triangle. You put them in a different yeah. system, you don't know exactly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And Montana and Steve Young in particular were masters of that quick slant, you know, precision throw three-step drop, get it out, get it to your yep. running back. I mean, just spread it all out. That's still being used as a basic template today for most NFL offenses. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going with the 84-49. And the crazy part of that West Coast offense is that was started by the godfather of the West Coast offense, Mr. Bill Walsh. They ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball. Yeah. Brian, yeah. I had to give it to you. I wanted to give it to you. I wasn't going to take San Francisco because I wanted you to win that one because they're your team, man. I gave it to you. I, I got it. that one. Hey, look, I got that one. My my day is complete. I'm good. <laughs> well, then we got we got one more. We got one more, and it's the one seed of this right of this region. It's the 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers. They were 14 and two. Won the Super Bowl. Um, uh, the first of a second back-to-back they won in 79 mm-hmm. as well, taking on the 1982 Washington Redskins. They were 8-1, and one, but 1982 was a strike-shortened season for the NFL, and some of these wins on the Redskins roster were gab-slash-strike uh, players, um, and that's not the first time that happened. The Redskins won another Super Bowl in 87 the same way, strike season, yep. rattle off some wins, some scabs, ended up winning the whole thing. Um, so they get a 16 seed because of it. I don't think this is going to be very hard, but Errol, I'll start with Steelers taking on the 82 Washington Redskins. One of, and I'll tell you this, the 1982 Redskins were a great team. You talk about Heisman, Art Monk, Deacon Jones, um, John Marischak. I mean, uh, 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 and coach Joe Gibbs, who's one of the most underrated, uh, coaches in NFL history. I don't think everybody thinks of Joe Gibbs as a guy that's he works on a race car. He owns a race car team now. They don't even talk about what he was as a head coach. But right. the guy sensational oh, head yeah. coach. Sensational head coach. The guy knows how to win. Go look at his racing team. They win. So um I'm going with the 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh this was the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers team in my eyes of all time. They really were. Lynn Swan was at the tail end of his career right there. Uh, he was at the prime tail end of his career. He was one of the most explosive wide receivers in the 70s. Did everything right. Block, pass, block. He did everything. He really transitioned the game at the wide receiver, wide receiver position from 1978, from the 1974 all the way to 1979, 1980. Um, Tony Dungy was on that team, if you guys forgot. Tony yep. Dungy was a uh, defensive, uh, defensive end on that team. Um, Don Shell, safety, Franco Harris, Mike Webster, Terry, Mike Blunt. John Stallsworth, Chuck Knoll. Do I have to name any more? I mean, nope. this team was the best yeah. in 19, in, really from 1978 to 1980. You talk about the Oakland Raiders and how good and how dominant the, the defense of the Oakland Raiders 
Go look at this team. Go look at how stacked this defense was. The one of the most underrated defensive teams yeah. in NFL history. It's not even close. They would have killed the Redskins, 1982 Redskins. I would say about 40 to 13, okay? It's this team. The 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian, Brian, to close us out here, who do you got? The 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers, the one seed in this region, taking on the 1982 Washington Redskins. As much as I love the diesel John Riggins, that Pittsburgh Steelers team was – as the late great Jim Durham would say, stuck on automatic. Let's close it out. And I agree with Errol. I mean, how can you, how can you not with this Pittsburgh Steelers team? Second of uh, second back to back run. Uh, Errol said everything I wanted to say. You got to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And I, I kind of expected that with. Uh... You know, like like Errol said, this was the best Steelers team, the collection of talent they had. I mean, literally, offense and defense is littered with Hall of Famers. It's ridiculous. Yes. Um, and this was the the second back-to-back titles. They won in 74-75, um, and then 76 and 77. Uh, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. In 79, they got back, so they ended up with four in the decade. Um, the Steelers, man, they just had it all together at that point. Plus, something to consider in 78 by then – the rules had changed defensively a little bit because of the Steelers where mm-hmm. you had to let receivers go after five yards. And yep. what it ended up doing was they NFL was hoping it would kind of slow the Steelers defense down because they were mugging people out there. Uh, Mel they Blunt did. in particular, uh, it's called the Mel Blunt. Um, yep. And in fact, what they did was open up the Steelers offense and made it where uh, John Taylor, or excuse me, uh, uh, Stallworth and uh, Lynn Stallworth were able to get downfield without being harassed. And it opened it up everything for Terry Bradshaw. So in the end, it kind of re- resurrected the Steelers uh, dynasty and they got two more rings out of it. So I'm going with the Steelers there. Um, so we were at the end of the brackets here, had a couple upsets, but mainly chalk. The uh, 01 Rams defeated the uh, 95 Cowboys in the upset, a nine over an eight seed. The 2013 Broncos moved on, to, uh, defeating the 1969 Kansas City Chiefs. The 74 Steelers in a big upset defeat the 86 Giants, the 11 seed moving on over the six. Uh, the 2007 New England Patriots, the five seed, they defeat the 12 seed, the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the 2013 Seattle Seahawks and the Legion of Boom defeat the 1990 New York football Giants uh, in a four versus 13 matchup. The four seed moves on. Uh, the biggest upset in this bracket, the 2000 and uh, 12 Baltimore Ravens defeating the 1966 Green Bay Packers, a 14 seed defeating a three. The Ravens move on. Uh, the 84 49ers, the two seed in this bracket, the highest rated two seed in all the brackets, they move on, uh, defeating the uh, 2001 New England Patriots. Then finally, our one seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers, defeat the Washington Redskins from 1982 to move on. I want to uh, give a shout out and a thanks to Brian Snow from Snowman in the Morning and also Earl Marks from the Worldwide Sports Network for joining in for us to do this. Guys, I want to bring you back for second round action as we go into the spring and summer. Uh, this is the Rundown Presents, the greatest NFL team ever. Uh, we're getting closer to figuring out who that might be, and I think we're going to have some surprises along the way. But until then, I've been your your host, Desmond Johnson. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Hey there, this is Rod Funderburk, and you've been watching an episode of The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. In order to watch more episodes of The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, please subscribe 
to Sports Carolina Monthly's YouTube channel.